This episode was brought to you by Autograph Events, our sponsor. Thank you for joining the Crody Files. I'm Craig Bryson. And I'm Jodie Mears. And, and together, together we're, we're the, the Crody, Crody Files. Episode 1 What Do Assistants Do? Listen till the end to hear us chat and connect the dots and discuss the commonalities we share to answer that burning question What do administrative assistants do? Plus, an exclusive from a virtual assistant and a quick intro to the Global Skills Matrix. What do administrative assistants do, Craig? Well, there are a lot of different aspects and how people fall into this position. I wanted to be an actor, but I'm Fortunately, you have to go for auditions and it's difficult to get a career that you want. Mm. So I started temping at one of these big companies or a temping agency. And from there, I started using my skills from other areas, like when I was bartending. So when I was um, waitering at a table, it's focusing on the clients, making sure all the food's coming off, all the food's going on. Uh, So that helped me to start doing the temping job. So by using my part-time jobs in bars, restaurants, it was easier for me to work in a temp job at a corporate company by using my sort of personal skills to be able to do diaries, check emails, answer telephones, um, and I started getting into the hang of it. So everything that you use and do in everyday life was able to focus and then concentrate on what the client wanted you to do And that's how I really enjoyed the community that we were with. I mean, there's a huge span of uh, stuff that an EA does. There's a lot of time management and answering telephones. So would you say customer service experience in those early days of your career or even your general work experience is really a good catalyst to have that high-level support, customer service, even retail experience. Of course, yeah, totally. Don't you think it's a great springboard into becoming an administrative assistant by having that fundamental customer support mindset? I totally agree. I think anything that you learn from everyday life, if you focus on it and enhance it in your EA position, it's easier. How did you get into the EA position? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, straight out of school let's start briefly from high school a very long time ago so I was one of those kids who was good at pretty much everything which was a bit of a burden actually because I couldn't focus on one thing yeah so I was really good at school sports representing the school in all of like the sporting activities (laughs) um wasn't too bad academically could have been better but when we had those careers advisors come in and say, what do you want to be? You know, we can then guide you to a um, college course. I really didn't know. So back then, when you didn't know what you wanted to do, the careers advisor would always pretty much certainly 
say, oh, how about a hair and beauty course? <laughs> but my mother and my grandmother were hairdressers. Uh, and I thought, oh, maybe it's in the DNA. Maybe I should be a hairdresser. So I went to college for three years, full time. Oh, wow. Full time. Studied hair and beauty therapy at a level three and also studied anatomy and physiology as part of that course. Oh, I was great. probably more interested in that, actually. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> but I went on to um, be a beauty therapist for a few years. Got very good at that. Really loved the client interaction. Yeah, I like that Customer too. service. You just yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, I love that. Really high level customer service. What are you here for? How are you? How can I make your day better? Those fundamental skills, now I look back at it, are what helped me along my career journey. Totally agree. Totally agree. So how did I get into administrative assistant? I didn't even know I was in it, to be honest. <laughs> Back then, I didn't know it was a thing. It was literally, if I'm really honest with you, it was, I need a job. And like you, I, I moved area. I moved from London to outside of London. There wasn't much going. So I temped for a recruitment agency. And the easiest work to get at that time was data input administrative oh. assistants, receptionists. So I got work so easily. Um, I did all kinds of jobs from reception to stuffing envelopes for a mail shop when we I, had I did that mail. before, yeah. <laughs> I had stuffed 5,000 envelopes in one day. At the end of the day, I could not think of how I could cross the road because it was so monotonous. And I totally it's, understand where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, that, that's like an absolute production line. But it all fell under the title of administrative assistance. Oh. How far we've come. Wow. So I had a, quite a few jobs, you can imagine. Um, and as I said, the job titles ranged from receptionist, front of house, um, even bids and proposals coordinator, which when I look back on it, it does have a level of administrative assistance because I'm assisting a department administratively to get those bids and proposals out the door. And then senior administrative assistant, executive assistant, and I'm currently working as um, an EA to a CFO, COO, and managing director of EMEA. What is EA for those listeners who don't know what EA uh, is? Yeah, this is a good one. Executive assistant. So there's so many job titles for what we do. I think globally now you can pretty much find us as a community under administrative professional, but we have high level PA, personal assistant, EA, executive assistant, VA, virtual assistant, and then so many more other job titles that try and describe administrative assistants. There are actually 160 different job titles that have different meanings dependent on the employer sector or where an administrator is based geographically. This means that there's a lack of clarity when it comes to performance management of administrative professionals. Yeah. So we will discuss further on all those different job titles later in the episodes. So I put a question out there to LinkedIn, to my lovely LinkedIn followers that I used to get asked all the time. Uh, I'm sure you've been asked many times oh, in the yeah. office, like <laughs> passing in the corridor. What exactly do you do around here? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> no, but really, Jodie, what do you do? I totally do you, agree. Do you always, always get asked? I always get asked And because that. the answer is just going to take forever. So I don't know how you used to sort of humorously condense what we do, but I put a question out there to the administrative assistant's 
on LinkedIn. What do administrative assistants do when you get asked? There's so many answers. Um, I've had so many great responses. I'm going to read a couple out. Okay. Chaos master. <laughs> we do everything, uh, literally. I agree with that one. I'd say I do what needs to be done plus that which you don't realize needs to be done. We give support, guidance to our exec to help them achieve their goals and business goals. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, I like this one. Turning ideas into reality by understanding the end goal and working out the steps required to get there. Oh, that's 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 good. Well, I'm just saying that's like a two minutes elevator pitch. You know, the, it is. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't quite roll off the tongue for me. No. I would probably want to encapsulate it to one word. Well, and when, do? well, this is the thing. When I try and think of one word, I can't think of it yeah. other than oh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? Herding cats. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Chief problem solvers, especially great at anticipating problems and dealing with them before they even get noticed. And that's where your execs always say, work your magic. Yeah. Because you know, they don't know what's happening in the background because it all just happens naturally. It and does. It's like, oh, how did I get there? How did I cop? It's just brilliant how they think it's all magic. Calendar gymnast. Love that one. <laughs> I've got some colleagues that don't know how diary management is one of their pet hates. But it's a skill. You need to sort of understand what you need to do, break it mm -hmm. down, don't you? You need to break down what I need to do and how to achieve it. I've also said in reply to, what is it that you actually do, Jodie? Everything that you don't want to do. Everything that you don't want to do that's not in your job description, I take care of. That's correct. To enable you to do the job you've been hired to do. That's correct. I make everything work in the background, sometimes smoothly, sometimes not so smoothly. Like a secret ninja. Secret ninja. Love that. <laughs> okay, Craig. So at this point, I'd love to share a poem that was um, obtained by a VA, Amy Lester. She was very proactive. Absolute stroke of genius, I think. She asked ChatGPT for a poem about what administrative assistants do. Here's Amy. Hey there, my name is Amy Lester. I am a virtual executive assistant and VA startup mentor. I shared a post quite recently on my LinkedIn that I wanted to share with you all. So I asked ChatGPT to create me a poem about being an executive assistant and I hope you enjoy it. I'm an executive assistant, don't you know? The superhero of the office, ready to go. From scheduling meetings to managing files, I'll handle it all with style and smiles. I'm like a ninja, silent and quick, ready to handle any task, no matter the pick. From booking flights to ordering lunch, I'll make sure you're never in a crunch. I'm the keeper of secrets, the master of plans, the one who makes sure everything stands. From the mundane to the absurd, I'll make sure your life is never blurred. So rely on me, your executive assistant. Together we'll conquer with no resistance. And in the end, we'll both be glad with me as your assistant and you as my boss. So rad. That, Love that's that. Brilliant. That's Thank you, brilliant. Chat GPT. Thank you. Finally, it's Thank working you, with us. Thank you, Amy. I love that. 
Well, someone's got to feed this chat GPT and AI some information first. So <laughs> if you think about it, we're at the, the forefront of this AI revolution by helping it exist. So um, yeah, there's a lot to explore with AI and the future of our roles for sure. The Crony Files is brought to you by Autograph Events. Autograph Events are the experts in providing a complete event management solution. What do they offer? Free global venue finding through to full on-site event management, executive away days, retreats, team building and off-site meetings. Great. How will they help administrative assistants? They offer that extra pair of hands, a bit like the assistant's assistant. They understand how we like to work, which is the best part. So next time you have any event to arrange, big or small, email events at autograph-events.co.uk quoting Crody Files 2023 for a brochure and to find out how they can help you. Plus, they have a very special personal reward for all of our listeners. So going back to administrative assistance and what do we do? So we read out some really good supportive comments on LinkedIn um, that we received, adding their take um, and their spin on trying to give just a really short answer of what we do. Of course, job descriptions these days are just dependent on the sector. I agree, yeah. Dependent on uh, the individual, dependent on um, what the executive or the business needs. It's really versatile. Um, it's one of the only professions I know that is so bespoke, whereas other professions, you know, if you're an architect, you know what you've got to do. Yeah. And you can just transfer that skill and from company to company. And also it varies by a different country as well. Countries also have different ideas of how we work. It does. It does. And that actually prompts me to think about a very important piece of work that the Global Skills Matrix have been doing. The Global Skills Matrix is a globally recognized framework for administrators and HR teams that, irrespective of country, makes it possible to identify different levels of work for a given role and career progression opportunities to realize the potential to an organization of an effective administrator. They've been working on the global skills matrix, which in a nutshell... Yeah. And by the way, to find out more, please visit globalskillsmatrix.com. This is a game changer for our profession. They have been working on structuring administrative professionals' roles and responsibilities. So if you were going to relocate and, you know, you want to find a job in New York or Sydney, Australia, they're hoping that the global skills matrix will be adopted by organizations, even recruitment companies, I'm yeah. hoping that you could quickly um, explain, because I think it's evident it's hard to explain it what we do. definitely is. And encapsulate <laughs> where you are in your career as an EA. So what they've come up with is a matrix. And that means and is like a structure in levels one through to five. So for example, level one is entry level. Level three is transactional. I love that word. Level three, transactional, plus a little bit of strategic work. Okay. Level four, strategic, PA, EA, VA. Oh, wow. Five, chief of staff. So it ranges from one to five. And then underneath each column of the global skills matrix, you've got various um, descriptions of what that administrative professional would do under those columns. 
What are those um, different levels in those different sections? You're going to have to download it for yourself. Uh, okay. it, you really need to look at this. <laughs> absorb it how you absorb it. I'll give you a couple of examples. So number one, entry level. Communication skills written on the phone or face-to-face. Um, basic social media skills. The adaptability and flexibility. Teamwork, of course. Emotional intelligence. Oh, uh, yes. Problem solving. Being a self-motivator, self-starter. Customer service orientation. So we mentioned that um, in the early days of our career. That's correct. Customer yeah. service was an absolute driver. Definitely. And then right through to four, strategic. I think this is where I am at the moment, actually. I know four. Usually board level, C-suite, executive assistant, strategic in planning, critical thinking, complex problem solving, leadership, leading projects. Wow. And the ability to work autonomously. I love that work. And then right through to chief of staff. Um, chief of staff can mean so many different things depending on the organization you work for. I have seen the evolution of the chief of staff role in recent years, actually. It really has become a job title and a role that is quite suitable for the attributes of an executive assistant. But in other organization, it means a whole different thing. You know, okay. some yeah. chief of staff are doing things that executive assistants just wouldn't do or touch or get involved with. Doesn't mean to say we can't learn. No, of course not. But it is different from organization to organization. They also have a task matrix, one through to five. Again, entry level through to chief of staff, just to help, I guess, build those job descriptions out there that are being written by HR, uh, maybe by recruiters who might not actually understand what we do. Sometimes they're very vague. They you are. Know, when, you, when you have your job description, it's like it's this really is elusive. what you do, but you, it's not actually what you do. No. You do more in depth. If you had to list all the things that you do in the office, it's more than that you're actually being asked to do. Right. It really is hard to find those words. I agree. But again, you've, you've got the entry level through to chief of staff. The, the tasks that a chief of staff would do compared to entry level is you know, obviously huge. But again, entry level, booking meeting rooms, managing small events, filing, data entry, producing text documents and covering reception. Yeah. You know, we've all been there, done that. This is not on the global skills matrix, but this is more input we've had from our um, listeners already. So thank you. Preparing and distributing correspondence like board papers and keeping meeting notes. Scheduling meetings. Oh my gosh. Juggling time zones, <laughs> team reviews, complex workshops. And also liaising with internal departments such as finance, procurements, uh, reception. Oh my gosh, yeah. Going in between all of the departments in your business is something you need to get used to for sure. And building those relationships in the office so people know who you are. And also, you need to know IT because if you have an issue, IT I mean, is you just know that person to, to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. IT, you really need to be friendly with. Um, IT is always my friend. <laughs> For my problems and my executive problems, I want to be able to translate my executive problems with IT. Yeah. So that then I can go to IT and say, look, my exec's got an issue. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? Let me know what I can relay back to him because he's really busy right now. Same with receptionists because sometimes you have receptionists all organizing meeting rooms and client meeting rooms and 
your last minute boss wants the clients to come to the office and there's no meeting rooms. And I always look after the receptionist, you know, on a Friday, give me a box of chocolates just to keep them sweet. It helps helps them, but also (laughs) it's like, you know, can you help me get a meeting room? (laughs) Why wasn't I on reception when you were giving receptionist chocolates? How about this one? Expenses. Oh, oh that's my goodness. My pet hate. <laughs> Is it really? I yeah, love and hate you it. You love it. I love and Do you remember in the old days you used to stick all the receipts on a piece of paper and then photocopy it oh. and then put it in the internal envelope to send it to finance? Stapler. Oh. You remember stapler. using a stapler? Who no. uses a stapler now? Because I think our finance department needed those receipts so you could peel them off and then give them back to them in date order. Absolutely. Processing expenses and keeping them all within team policy or company policy. This is a really important thing for anyone of any level to be reminded of and to know. Get to know your company's policies and procedures inside out. I agree. They're so boring, but get to know them. Yeah, because sometimes if your receipts are over three months, you're not going to get them paid back because you have to uh, submit them within three months. And some companies are even shorter or even longer, but you get receipts from like 2021 and it's like, oh, can we claim this back? And you you can't. Absolutely. Uh, It's really important to be the eyes of the executive who are signing these expenses off as well. And it's okay. I always think you can approach any issue within the office well if you just structure your questions correctly. Don't go full steam ahead saying, I really don't think you should be claiming, you know, $15.99 for an espresso, whatever the policy is stick to it. I think there's ways we can enhance our um, understanding of policies and procedure, whatever works for you in your learning style. For me, I'll go through the policy and highlight key words to remind me what can and can't be claimed for. And just double check with the individual as well. Expenses is a whole thing. <laughs> oh, definitely. We should do an episode on we that. We should absolutely. Expenses episode. But it's, again, subjective different for every company, but I'm sure we've all got our stories. I'd love to hear your expenses, dilemmas, stories come through on that one. Handling special projects on behalf of their executive or team, actually, is another thing we do. And what about this one? Assisting HR in onboarding. Uh, Yes. Yeah, that is great because I think EAs need to get involved with that because they're going to be working with that person to understand that person. Because sometimes companies, uh, the EA position is really fast paced. And if you're not at that level yet of, you know, quick learning and because you have to hit the ground running as soon as you start all the processes, I think you need to have a little bit of experience behind you, but not always, depending no. on how quick you learn. And that analogy um, or statement of hit the ground running, it's becoming, you know, that's really an anxious time for a new, recently onboarded administrative professional to, to have that expectation of come in and hit the ground running. I really don't think you can. No, you can't. You have to learn all the processes first. I mean, it takes three months to learn a process. It takes six months to become a guru of those processes. Absolutely. And even for myself, in my own experience, coming from one sector and going into another sector, being hired for my skills, knowledge and attributes from one sector, it can feel like you're starting again from zero. It's climatizing, isn't it? It really is. You really need to allow yourself that time and push back and say, do you know what? Currently, I'm onboarding. I just really need to get your head around everything. Yeah. The laptop? 
<laughs> That's true. What's my password? <laughs> but I really want to hit the ground running. Where's the bathroom in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah. When does the fire alarm go off? Yeah. Is it still Monday at 10 o'clock? Yeah. No, it's different here. That climatization yeah. to your new environment is really key. And what makes onboarding successful or not so successful and the employee experience as well. I agree. I agree. And it's also difficult because most people are working from home, so you don't have many people in the office. So how do you introduce to new EAs? How do you show them around when sometimes your office is a bit empty? And it's like, well, there's not many people here for me to introduce you. Another thing we do without even realizing it is assist in audits. So it's really good to get to know your internal auditor or if you can, your external auditor. Or if not, get to know them personally. Ask someone else, when an audit happens, what do you usually get asked to produce? Be prepared. Yeah. Get to know, get your eyes around what we always get asked for when an audit comes around. And it might be, you know, a particular way to file and display and store the expenses, for example. It could be something completely different. Ask those questions in the early days. What happens with an audit? Am I expected to get involved? Is there anything I need to be thinking about now to prepare for those audits? Try and eliminate the element of surprise. Because you can sort of, if you know your audit's going to be at the end of the year, you know that you can can have a folder, have everything in place, all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. So when it does come, it's like, yeah, everything is here. Everything's in place. And I think that's also a quick and easier way to help the audit. It's definitely one of those skills, isn't it, that's required by us. And I think all of us have that natural ability to stay one step ahead and have the skill of anticipation. Especially if you know your partner very well. You know, oh, they're going to ask us for this. It's like done, done, done. Right. Or preempting. It does help being slightly anxious in a professional way and positive you know personally anxious to the point of it's making you unwell but being anxious with your questions in terms of okay so this is happening then I'm already thinking of a issue that may arise what's our plan b they're correct yeah there's so many skills that wrap the job description and tasks that are on those job description. So when reading a job description, I would say try and read in between the lines rather than getting too bogged down with how it sounds. I agree. What is it that they're actually asking me to do within this job description? And I've just read so many job descriptions. Some of them are very samey. Some of them are a bit cryptic. Yeah. But generally we're looking out for a natural skill of being a people person, having that customer service base mindset, getting the job done mindset, having those technical attributes mindset, the willingness to learn new things, staying one step ahead. Yep. But we're going to discuss that in other episodes. Oh, yes, we will. There's so much to talk about. So let's save it for that. The world is changing and technology is right in our future. Without us, there is no tomorrow. We need to change with the times, helping, guiding and teaching each other is the only way we will get through this together as a team. Thank you for listening. In our next episode, we shall discuss how do you become an executive assistant? 
We would love to hear from you. Please like and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And why not share your thoughts with us on our LinkedIn page, The Crody Files, or visit craigandjody.com. I'm Craig Bryson. And I'm Jody Mears. And, and together, together, we are, are The Crody, Crody Files. This episode was brought to you by Autograph Events, our sponsor.